Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions, and best of all, it's totally free zero catch we've been using it ever since we started how long gone and ever since i discovered spotify for podcasters i feel like having the option of turning off the q a's and the polls on the user dashboard <laughs> has really helped uh, boost my creativity and take it to another level i highly recommend giving it a try download the spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started Hello. Good morning, Chris. Well, TJ, you know, physically it feels like the afternoon to me, but I know, you know, legally it's it's morning. Legal, legally speaking, you don't want to get in Le- trouble. I would hate to get in trouble with the with the feds. So it's, the it feels, feels like the afternoon because you've just been up killing it all day. Dead ass, bro. I mean, your boy's a little wrecked. I'm feeling a little weak. I'm feeling destroyed from yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, I, I feel fucked up. I mean, like, I don't know, man. Maybe we're pushing ourselves too hard physically. Um, I think I don't. I mean, that is possible. I think the heat comes into play a lot for how I'm feeling. Um, but I, whenever I feel this way, where I'm just like, just destroy. You know, like I don't, I don't have anything specific that's going wrong like i don't have like oh my knee hurts or i pulled my groin or my shoulders giving me it's just like general overall you just kind of feel shell shocked yes like even your your skin feels tighter you feel dehydrated well i pay extra money for my skin to feel tighter i gotta go see a guy in beverly hills Uh, for that (laughs) i i go au natural so it's it's different but yeah i mean i woke up just like I slept an hour late than I normally do. I was off actually, the CBD, actually, though. I slept an hour later than I usually do, too. Natural. Wow. Then maybe it wasn't the CBD. Um, who knows? But I, I I drank two full Gatorades yesterday. Bro, that Gatorade. So, <laughs> guys, guys, for the listeners at home, we played two hours of tennis at 3 p.m. yesterday in L.A., which was stupid as fuck. It was like 105 degrees on the court. Mm. But afterwards, I don't know what got into us, but TJ and I had to hit the local 7-Eleven and get some motherfucking Gatorade like it was 1997. And the, the cooler part was we didn't say, like, all right, let's go meet at this <laughs> yeah, 7-Eleven, right. follow me there, and then we'll go cop. I was there in line ordering... And then, lo and behold, who walks in? It's your dumbass to buy <laughs> your own independent bottle of Gatorade. That's when I knew it uh, was serious. We got the zero. We got the zero sugar at least, so we we weren't going too brazy. But damn, the Gatorade was quenching, bro. We got G zero. It, it it felt different, didn't it? Going down that uh, that, I, that I, tight little throat of yours. 
Honestly, bro, but I, I, it was so good. I feel, I feel like something hasn't been that satisfying in a long time. It was crazy. Jesus. I mean, and, and it's it, 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 a bigger issue is the way that you're talking about this, this sugar-free sports drink that many people <laughs> would consider to be like an ill-tasting medicine that you, you drink um, purely for function and not for flavor. You're discussing it like it's a tub of Haagen-Dazs or like, you know, a first, piece of first, blueberry cheesecake of just like, I just <laughs> had to do it. And people are like, y'all drink that medicine stuff? That's fucking gay, man. <laughs> first of all, first of all, it's not, no one thinks it's medicine tasting. A lot of people in the Gatorade world Gatorade is would known consider, to taste good. It does. It does. I mean, I'm, I'm just more talking about like in the grand scheme of beverages that when you walk into 7-Eleven or whatever, your bodega. There's like all the shit and then the sports drink section is sort of like stuff that you are drinking for a function. And That's true. sure it does taste good, but it's not like an Arizona iced tea or, you know, just a, a Coca-Cola or a Snapple or Damn, when's the last time Big TJ had an ice cold Coca-Cola on 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 actual ice? I actually have been having cracking. A, I've been cracking a few sneaky uh, full fat cokes over the last quarantine I, I will be honest damn so are you copping a single at the store and just letting it rock yeah i will i will I, it's only the the mexican coke in the bottle with made with pure the real, sugar real that real shit no no corn syrup and i will i will have that be a treat you know after a, a hot hard day of killing it on doing my yard work and chores i will you know, make a thoughtful and tasteful meal for my partner and I, and then pop that fucking full God, fat cookie, pour it into some. Okay, pour it over it as a nice glass full of Sub Zero brand ice cubes, and they just <laughs> clink into that IKEA glass. And brother, blink and you'll miss it because that cook is gone in about sixty seconds, brother. I figured. I figured you used. You had like some whiskey, you know, guy <laughs> ice cubes that you used for Coca Cola. You know what I mean? Whiskey as guy a, ice cubes. I well, know, I know what a, you mean. As a home barista and home mixologist, I just assume that you have all the tools you need to give yourself a professional treatment that you deserve. Yeah, I mean, you you draw the line somewhere. I say, and that making my own ice cubes out of something, you know, for later. That's a that's a bridge too far even for my dumbass. But I, mean, I do look, like the to... idea of making ice cubes made out of coffee to then pour into your iced coffee so your iced coffee never has a delusion going on. But I was talking about I was talking about that the other day. I can't remember who who does that still. Somebody was talking about a coffee shop that still that still does those. And I feel like that oh coffee coffee Yeo's place with the Garfield logo. Oh yeah. They do oh, does it cost cubes. extra to get Ice cubes made out of coffee in your iced coffee? Damn, I don't know. Or is know. that just that, a, a service that is complimentary on the house? I would imagine they probably bump up the price a little bit and factor it in so you don't feel like you're paying more, but you actually are. That's my kind of economics, mate. Fucking big restaurant, big coffee coming into our pockets again. Big it's a It's a tiny, failing local coffee <laughs> shop that's just barely <laughs> keeping the doors open. <laughs> furloughing what? their third employee out of four <laughs> whatever they shouldn't have bought the big machine you know like they should have gotten a small that's the problem the with these goddamn fourth wave coffee shops they buy they take all their money and they buy this big <laughs> fucking machine where you could have just bought a fucking e-class and be done with it 
But you got to exactly. drop 60 racks on some shit and then you got to pay the guy to draw flames on it. I mean, I got if I had a coffee shop, I would definitely be getting the, the, the espresso machine powder coated matte black. You know what I'm saying? Especially in LA. Matte black? The, yeah, to match the range. You know what I mean? So that, like, they you want, know. You want the triple black murdered out fucking G Wagon of espresso machines? Yeah, it'd be like it'd be, and we could play Kanye West, you know, like over the loudspeaker, and like if you wear a Chrome Hearts trucker, you get ten percent off at per, at checkout. You you have been spending way too much time in West Hollywood, bro. I'm just this is a good business idea. This isn't. I think I don't think this is cool. <laughs> oh, okay. You're you're willing to, to separate. To you're willing to separate your your cool morals and and the code of ethics that you operate on in in exchange for making a quick buck reaching into the pockets of one of the amiri pockets of one of your fucking former promoter bros and getting a little extra coin out of him something i could be proud of bro none of my former promoter bros can afford uh fourth wave coffee right now don't worry <laughs> they, damn they're doing the, the they're doing the jar the, the 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 salts fucking big gulp 7-Eleven <laughs> coffees. Yeah, shit. You know what I'm saying? 2012 was different, but now, I mean, yeah, you know, I got- a lot of my revenue streams have been kind of shut off due to COVID. Um, yeah. Do you like, think they had to? Do you think they had to go back from the from the G wagon to the Scion, or do you think they were able to able to maintain at least the whip? No, I think they had to go from Uber to Uber Pool. Damn, nah, Uber Pool, bro. That's Uber pool is COVID. That's crazy. <laughs> Uber, I mean, <laughs> Uber pool is just done now, right? Like you have to be the only you time have to I be very a, low on funds to. Bro, to have I've never taken pool in, I took in COVID. A, I took an Uber pool one time in San Francisco with Amar Deep because he's young and like thinks that's cool, <laughs> and we were the only people in it. And this was years ago when it was like new, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Nah, I ain't with this shit, bro. I ain't ever doing this again." Yeah, I mean that that comes as no surprise that that Chris but Black was least, not a fan of of Uber Pool. At least I tried it. Um, you were forced into doing it. I'm sure you put up a little fight. I I, have I wanted, done to, I wanted to seem I wanted to seem cool to my young shooter, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure he was quite impressed by your ability to uh, sit in the back <laughs> of an air conditioned car for 14 minutes uh, when you're on your way to go get sushi. Um, we were going to Equinox actually, but thank you. Fuck. Are you serious? Yeah. We were trying to go. There's an Equinox in San Francisco as a basketball court. We were trying to go there. Trying to go find a little pickup. Trying to get a little hoop on. Well, Marty can actually play basketball and he humored me and played with me for a while until I realized I was too old and I need to switch sports. What position do you normally play? I'm, I'm a center, obviously. Um, are you more of a, you don't know. <laughs> don't act like you know about basketball. Your ass don't know shit. Just because you're tall, you don't know shit. Look, I don't. I'm. I am no expert. I am no Stephen A. Smith, but I know that there is okay. there's, there's like a position on the court called center. I don't know. I guess I play. I don't. I honestly don't know. I would just play whatever. I mean, you're, him and I would play. You know, they, you know, like LeBron would be, uh, and, or, and Michael Jordan. They're like power forwards, right? So that, yeah, that's probably what I am. So you're like, but you're just more of like a forward, I guess. Like well, a, like I, I a don't less know. powerful forward. I, I was about to say, I don't know why you would leave the word power out. Um, because I think if we're looking at this podcast, I'm the LeBron and the Jordan. Look, um, I, I've I've seen the physique of LeBron James and and Michael Jordan on recent so you, documentaries, and 
to so quote you see Chris Black, player, player is not the same. <laughs> player so one is not the same. Mike, first of all, Michael Jordan never looked that good. LeBron, I see the similarities, and if you don't, you need to take off your hater blogger. Did you I think did you watch the the Michael Jordan documentary? I watched like a few episodes. I honestly there's care about there's us. like video and footage from that of him training where his his body is like a fucking oh, yeah. gazelle, man. He was at the time. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, in his prime, of course. Yeah, I'm yeah, not talking about right now as he's like a career alcoholic and 60 <laughs> years old. That's see now that's why that's why I'm you're like current day Michael Jordan and mm-hmm. I'm like current day LeBron. That's how I would that's how I would wow. I'm George Clooney, you're Randy Gerber and I think that's another comparison we can make. I I think that makes that does make a lot of sense. You you're you're trading in I guess um physical appearance in exchange for just having a more fun enjoyable life. I think MJ now he's out here putting up putting in work. He's just texting his bros having sex with <laughs> prostitutes and betting <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars on just like lacrosse games in Korea or something right now. <laughs> and it doesn't matter because, he, you know, Nike sends him a new check for $100 million every weekend. That does sound like... My bro is yeah. smoking only Cubans. Only Cuban, Big Cubans. He's, smoking he's, big Cubans. He's doing marlin fishing in the Keys probably. This actually does sound very TJ appealing. Like this sounds like something you'd want to do. Retire with hundreds of millions of dollars. Sure, I'm yeah. more of a LeBron. See, I'm more of a workhorse and like a community leader. And I look excellent, <laughs> Tom Brown. I look, I look great in Tom Brown shorts, just like LeBron. Wow. So the simi- the similarities are. I see where this is, and I'm not mad at this comparison. Um, I can't wait to talk to our guest today. Who who you you go way, pretty far back with her, right? Yeah, Millie DeTirico and I have been friends since I was probably 20 years old. Um, okay, okay. She knows the real me. I'm sure she can she regale us with some classic Chris stories. But um, mm. she she came on public announcement like back in the day early on. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the host of like the like legendary college radio station in Atlanta. Uh, she had a great show that put me on to like, you know, she would play like the Smiths on the radio and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, also... Fuck. Exactly, a program manager. Yeah, at, we have uh, K Rock here in LA. I understand. At Turner, at Turner Classic Movies, so she's like a real film film head, like really knows her shit. Yeah, so um, she currently works for Turner Classic Movies, programming the films that they play on on that motherfucking network. Exactly, baby. But TBS Hive, you already know Atlanta Georgia stand up. You know what I'm saying? Stank on your West End. Um, wow. Cold <laughs> cold brew kicking today. I see. I haven't even had the taika yet. Actually, you know what? Let me crack a fresh taika before we get into this so I can really be flying. You know what I'm saying? Uh, damn. Your adaptogens are going to be fucking off the rip. Chris, all right. Uh, let's give her a call. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Say goodbye to swiping left on lackluster meals and swipe right for the one brand that will make your taste buds swoon. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions Speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, I like to chop myself, 
or quick microwave meals that are assembled in minutes, Home Chef has you and your entire family covered for delicious meals, witty options per week, and serves a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. I'm keto now. Not only is it convenient, but it is also economical. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Mamma mia. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners, our listeners, 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert faux life at homechef.com slash how long. That's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. <laughs> how Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin Hair is a reflection of your health, uh-oh, and internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole-body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth suppy with over one million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with considerably less shedding thank god take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long all one word find out why over 4500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com spelled n-u-t R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long. That's neutral.com promo code how long. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp. You know, summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions. We were spent off, obviously off clock, going through you know hotels, ferries, car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me, and uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know. It's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest. With BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash how long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash how long. Nice. <laughs> Jesus what fucking up? Christ. Look at this fucking guy. <laughs> Millie, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> what the hell? You look like bro <laughs> okay millie i uh, hi i'm jason i am not on camera but i i am a voice happening i want you to please describe to our listeners what you see on your screen as you're gazing upon chris's uh chris's vi viewpoint 
you got like an ornate head fabric headboard. Uh, t- topless. Um, you look like you're fucking relaxed, man. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. See, see, Jason, she basically just said you look tan and ready to podcast. So I don't see. Yeah, that's right. Well, so, okay, I so I, I see a fucking shirtless twink on my FaceTime and the, and the thing and you lead with what his headboard looks like <laughs> well it's well, you know. I, it's framing my face i think so it's hard to ignore jason but you're so used to seeing my beautiful face that maybe maybe it's different for you you know who knows it's every day bro <laughs> it's every day millie oh how God. are you how are you millie I, I, if i'm not mistaken you just drove across the country solo i i did yeah i well i was Damn. with my dog so. i'm sorry i didn't mean to i didn't mean to discount discount oh, that yeah. The dog is uh, is an important factor because it kind of changes up the routine a little bit. You gotta like, you know, pull do over some so it shits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's, and then and then you can't go inside of restaurants and stuff. Pretty much, yeah. That sounds sick. Do some maneuvering. So yeah. you you left L.A. and you are now in Florida. I'm in an undisclosed <laughs> quarantine location in on the east coast of Florida. So. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So I drove from New York to Atlanta um, a while ago, like a month and a half ago or something at this point. So let's give a, we need a scene report of of the middle of America. Like what's, what is the vibe out there? I got to tell you, like, so I drove, I did the Southern route. So I went through Texas, you Mm. know, like. You you took the Confederacy route. You did, you did the Confederacy right. slow roll from California yeah. to Florida. see where your allegiances lie. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, when I drove from Atlanta to L.A. last time, I did the 40, which is like, you know, the, the northern route. So I decided yeah. to go the southern route this time. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, it was actually pretty OK. Like I was a lot. I was really like surprised to see the masks out, even in Texas, where I had always heard that Texas is a little dicey. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we've also that heard shit. that we've also heard that for our entire <laughs> lives for any reason. So yeah, <laughs> all that shit went away the minute, literally the minute I pulled into Florida. Now Florida is wild. There is <laughs> there is like little to no mask wearing, really? at like pretty much everywhere. Well, I mean, pu- like if you go to a Publix or mm-hmm. something, <laughs> they'll make you wear a mask. But for, for the most part, gas stations like. Mm-hmm. Dunkin' Donuts, like wherever the fuck, like those people, no masks. So the dunkers are not masked up. The, I, not. So, somehow not surprised. So okay, so the, the trip alone was fairly uneventful. Nothing to report. Nothing of note. No, I mean you know it's like with everything closed, there's really nothing to do. So you just drive. You basically drive, stay in a hotel, drive, stay in a hotel. So I no, these- no hitchhikers picked up or anything like that. Ooh, no, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I feel like it's probably a dark time for the hitchhiking community. This probably isn't the best. This isn't their their it's best. It's been a tough time. summer for for hitchhive. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, hitchhive is having a hard time. So what, what did you do? What was your entertainment? Obviously, besides listening to every episode of this podcast, what were you able to do with all this time alone? Well, you know, I decided to get two books on Audible. So I got the Mary Trump book that everybody's been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I, I got the Andre Leon Talley book, which I haven't completely two, finished yet. Two hits from two different categories. Oh, so, yeah. 
Give us the Millie review of the Mary Trump book because I'm definitely not going to read it. <laughs> you know, it's like, to me, I thought it was going to be a little bit more salacious than it actually was. I mean, it's basically just sort of like fucked up rich white people and... It, you know, it's like generations. Wait, wait hold on. Maybe, hold on. Maybe I will read it now. You rang. You'll be triggered if you had like a hard ass dad who like really put the fucking screws on you. That's kind of like what this, you know, their dad. Well, Trump, Trump his, had a dad. Know, dad. Must be nice. <laughs> Fred, Fred Trump, known, known wow. millionaire, known yes. millionaire. I didn't. <laughs> Those books, the stu- stuff like that is never salacious enough for me. I feel like it's always kind of like that's even how the Epstein doc was. I was like, oh, we already knew yeah. all this stuff. Like it's disturbing, but it's not new and it's not like exciting enough because it's the same shit you've already read or heard somewhere else. The tea is not hot enough for Chris. It, exactly. Yes. I want to burn my mouth. Or it's not hot getting... enough for America. I'll say it. Yeah, I wonder, it's not. I wonder, did that book do well or did she just get a giant advance? You know, I have no idea, honestly. I mean, it was just the kind of thing where I think everybody was interested because she's sort of like a clinical psychologist, PhD. Yeah. Like, I think, but it's also like a confirmation of anything that you've already known, which is that, like, Trump is a psychopath or whatever. Like, it's like, oh, here's like somebody from his family who is trained to tell you that, <laughs> telling you that, but that's really it. Like, I, I also think that Donald Trump is bad. Yeah, exactly. We all agree. And I don't need to pay $24 for that. Um, I think that book was pirated more than, more than Eminem CDs in the, in the mom (laughs) PDF community. I feel like like every aunt had that shit, that PDF file ready to go. Do you think your mom could open a PDF and read it? I don't, I, mine could, my mom could. Oh, really? I I doubt it. I doubt my mom even knows what a PDF is at all. (laughs) I appreciate uh, that. I, pre- yeah. I, I I've never used Audible. Is this the first time you've used it, or have you done it? Do you use it a lot? You know, I dabbled in it like a while ago because I just was like, I do the thing. I'm a very big person that does the like free trial to get a thing and then cancels it. Like that's what I do all the time <laughs> when I want to watch something on like Amazon Prime or something. I'm like, oh, I want to watch this, but I have to subscribe to this. Like, wow, channel. as a member, as a member of the Hollywood community, I'm disturbed to yeah. hear that you're t- you're taking from the hand that feeds like that. Yeah, I, I do the thing where I set the alarm to cancel it the day before. <laughs> I the amount of subscriptions wow. I I'm paying for that I don't use right now is probably disturbing because I I don't set the alarm. That is definitely the issue. Yeah, Chris yeah, would I hate know. himself. The, he, he would not like the Chris that would do something like that. He would much rather pay the twelve ninety nine a month for something that he doesn't even remember what it is. Well, I'm not a big – you know, we've talked about this a lot, though. I'm not a streaming guy. I only have Netflix. Like, that's the only one I pay yeah. for, and I barely use it. I guess I have Amazon because I pay for Prime. Yeah, he likes, like, to, he likes to do kind of more lo-fi. He has a, a, an extensive VHS Criterion collection, a lot of <laughs> no. Laserdisc stuff, you know, stuff from Japan. He's like that. No, oh, I, I I just do you have cable, don't you? Do you have cable classic? I do. Cable? See, yeah. real heads, no, real Gen X heads on this side. See, she fucking I elite boomer fucking motherfuckers. <laughs> Cut the cord, losers. <laughs> well, to to my credit, I get it for discount because I work for a cable company technically. So wait, they, oh, they give you they give you a plug on just cable like Spectrum in general. You get a dis damn. Well, AT and T, because you know we used to, we just merged with AT and T, so AT and T hooks it up. They give you like discounts on cable and Ooh. phone and all that shit. So I have that, cheap, I have cheap cable. 
That's actually pretty cool. I'm surprised. I guess that makes sense, but I'm surprised. You know, I don't know. Yeah. This is Back how the, the, day, the rich yeah. stay rich. In the, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the rich stay rich. That's right. <laughs> Some Turner That's nepotism right. happening. I didn't know Turner. So Turner merged with AT&T. Yeah. So basically Warner, like Time Warner merged okay. with AT&T. Okay, okay. Okay. So Turner was like one of the, you know, smaller companies within Time Warner. So now, I mean, basically the Turner name is pretty much gone. There's like no more Turner as a brand identity anymore. You're canceled, sis. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's it's funny because I haven't lived. I mean, I used to, obviously I used to live in Atlanta where the brand is a lot stronger. In Very Atlanta strong. Yeah, for Turner sure. Turner created Atlanta for the most part or, you know, helped bring it up. But, you know, when you go out to L.A., people say, you know, you say, oh, I worked at Turner. They're like, what are you talking about? So it doesn't really mean the a disrespect, lot, the disrespect in this fucking town. I tell you what. Well, are, are you in LA right now? By the way, you just uh, drove from. Oh yeah, you think I look? You think I look like this in New York? I mean, I mean, stressed I out. <laughs> I mean, stressed out. Drake voice. Um, no, I I've been here since July first. Oh sweet. Um, and I'm going to stay until the end of the month. Is is the plan? I mean, okay. I just you know, there's nowhere to be. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like how, yeah. whatever. And this podcast has really picked up some steam. Uh, so even though we don't do it in the same room, it's nice to be in proximity. You know? Oh, of course, of course, man. <laughs> like, and you, and you, you're the kind of person that loves LA but doesn't want to live there, right? That's your vibe. Yes, uh, read him, sis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I find it. I mean, I'm thriving right now, but I'm also aware that this is fantasy land, and like, it's. Even that is exaggerated because of the current circumstances. You know what I mean? So it's like, so I, it's hard, but I'm, I'm having fun, but I know that it's not real. So I'm trying not to. He misses the gritty realism of the big apple, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Jason knows, you know, places like Times Square and stuff, real heartland of America. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I I love Times Square. That's probably my favorite place to eat. That's nice. Um, (laughs) did did you, uh, what did you do for quarantine? Though you were in LA until now, right? Yeah, I mean, I was basically in my apartment in West Hollywood for four and a half months alone. You know? Were you serious? I feel like you took it seriously. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, considering that, like, you know, I was basically like, I, you know, I have been in the hospital before and I don't want to fucking go back there ever again. <laughs> so I was like, I like when you talk about hospital, like it's fucking. San Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I did a, I did a bid, you know what I'm saying? I did a bid, I and mean, I ain't ever going back. You think Cedars yeah, is nice, it ain't that back. nice. I mean, it was Cedars, so it was kind of sweet. But at, mm, for flex. hospitals, in terms of Oh, I forgot. Like, you, had the, you had the amazing... Tell Jason about the Cedars cookie. Oh, shit. This cookie. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this so, is some real LA insider shit. I remember Jesus. you telling me this, and it blew my mind. Dude, you have is- to try the cookie at Cedars. It is. I had AIDS and I had the best cookie when I was in treatment at Cedars. That shit is on the internet, dude. Like okay. if you look up like 10 best cookies in LA, the one at Cedars is on the list. I swear to God. Really? Like, and they only, they only serve it. They only serve it if you are staying in the hospital. So you can't go walk up to the cafeteria mm-hmm. as like, you know, a guest or whatever. So you it's, it's the only it. cookie that you need health insurance to be able to consume. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yes. And and they it's one of those cookies. So it's this giant chocolate chip cookie that gets brought to you in a pan. Oh, you know, what? like it's like a pan cookie that isn't a cast iron thing. 
Oh, and like a Pizuki from BJ's. Yes. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's legit. I was told to get the cookie before I went to the hospital. I'll put it that way. They're like, if you ever go to Cedars for any reason, get the cookie. Damn. So it's and, kind uh, of like when you go to a like a pill mill and you're like you're like listing your fake symptoms to hopefully get admitted just for the <laughs> chocolate chip. Exactly. That's right. Damn. Now my leg is definitely broken. I know I can walk, but like I got to be here for a couple of days at least. Well, as a member of the LA food food fluencer community, I am shocked and appalled that this has uh, my radar missed this this cookie treat. It's an elite club, but you know it's it was it's it's an amazing cookie. I will say. I was, how how are you feeling now? Are you good? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm good. Like it, it's like I swear to God, like. I am that person that had that freak illness, like truly freak illness. Where give it's us like, a light, give us a light overview because this was like really shocking to me. If you don't mind talking about it, because I think it's, oh, no. I think I think people our age need to be aware of this shit a little bit. Because <laughs> like it can yeah. happen, Damn. it can happen. But it's so you know it was that kind of thing where like I was just living my life and I had you know it was like this. It was the weekend before Thanksgiving, twenty. 2018 so i was basic i went to a wedding i had some people in town i was just chilling everything was great then like the week of thanksgiving i basically started feeling like i was coming down with something and i just thought oh i must be tired because i was at a wedding and i went to a bachelor party and i was do you know i had you know company mm-hmm. stand so i basically went to earl on market and bought like a shit ton of like wheat like Juices and soups and shit. I was Damn. like, I'm gonna kick this thing. The way you pronounce um, Erewhon was exquisite. I will say. <laughs> oh, you can tell that you're a real country. An artist at work. I pulled up to that goddamn Erewhon. <laughs> I got my elixir. Erewhon. No, you probably Erwan. like actually pronounce it correctly, phonetically yeah, speaking. I, but but yeah. real Cali heads call it Erewhon. Erewhon. I'm from Georgia. You know how I say shit. No, I'm, like, I'm, cel- like, I'm celebrating it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So no, no. So basically, I uh, the long story, long and short of it is that basically I was feeling like I had the flu. I, I had it for a week. Couldn't figure. Couldn't get rid of it. I went to like. A teledoc. He prescribed me some like antiviral shit. It wasn't going away. And then I was literally like sitting on the couch and I coughed and I felt this pop in my body, like in my like abdomen. And I was like the most horrible pain I've ever felt in my life. And like before this, I had never been in the hospital. I had never gotten sick, never anything. I was like pretty much in perfect health. And so I went, I had my friend drive me to Cedars and they basically were like, you're, uh, you had a, a rupture in your abdomen in this like really weird location that was caused by this benign tumor that I had no idea that I had. And Ooh. essentially I had septic shock because my abdomen was filled with bacteria Ooh. from this like, it's so crazy. It's so crazy tumor thing and uh and you yeah. and you heard and felt that tumor popping yep damn see jason bro. see jason if you keep hitting the bong so hard you're gonna cough and look what could happen this is, <laughs> this is what i'm saying bro you don't know you don't know what's going on yeah uh, but it was crazy I mean, yeah the amount of chili dogs that i've been eating lately is, is <laughs> this is starting to get me a little scared how mm-hmm. 
Now, and this was like an emergency situation. Like you had to, you were like, go, they were like, you're staying here. This is going to be a whole thing. Oh yeah. I mean, it was the thing where like I was in the emergency room and they sent me to like get a scan and then they came back and was basically like, you're going to surgery like right now. So they had, like, to, do they, had do they have to like re-stitch up like your intestines and, and abdomen or what? what, yeah. what oh man. So, ba- so basically the. Wait, hello. Wait, you're, I think you're on mute. You cut right out. You, oh, I did. I, there you, you go. Me? Okay, I can hear you now. Yeah, I think you're just muted. Okay. Just let me take these headphones off. These suck. All right. So basically, they, um, uh, it was, it was hanging out in this like part of my abdomen that's connected to my small intestine. Yeah. Cut out a piece of my small intestine because there was just so much bacteria in there from this exploded abscess or whatever. <sighs> So yeah, it was rough. I had two surgeries. I mean, I was on a fucking ventilator. I mean, they were basically like, you literally almost died. You know, like it was, by the time that I went to the hospital, they were like, if you had waited like another day, you would have definitely died. Like, oh. it was, yeah. And this is just you chilling on the couch like, all right, bro, what am I going to, what am I going to do today? I got to pick up my dry cleaning and then do do everywhere. I was at Barry's boot camp the weekend before. Like I was, it was like nothing was going on. Uh, I was on the treadmill over in like you know complex, the one over there in Hollywood. And uh, yeah, I gotta say, you, if you and Chris, you would never know by just looking at the two of you on a police lineup, but your similarities are very, very strong. It's true. Both from Atlanta, moved to LA. (laughs) <laughs> always at Erewhon, at Barry's. Always have a, a smart set of frames on your head. <laughs> I mean, but this, I feel like this was, because um, I saw you, I guess I came over when you were like recovering, I think. Oh, yeah. That was real early on. Like I had just got out of the hospital when you came over. Uh, well, I just. Dad, my dad was there. Yeah, I met your dad. Yeah, your dad was there. Yeah, he like took a walk. He took the dog for a walk, I think, when we so we could talk. Yeah. But I mean, I. I just had never, I don't think I'd ever had something that happened to a friend, to be honest with you. Like anything that anybody I know does is self-imposed nine times out of 10. So when it's, when it's actually like a freak, you know, kind of thing, but did it mentally, did you, were you, you seemed pretty good, but I'm sure it got dark. Yeah, man. I mean, like it's, it's like a thing. I mean, I'm not trying to be dramatic because obviously I am, but it like really just changed my life. Like it. Yeah. Like when you went from like, cause I'm 41 years old. So the fact that I had not had any hospital time, no illnesses in 41 years was pretty amazing. I mean, really, you know what I mean? So it was that thing where I was like, well, this shit came out of nowhere again. Like it's just bodies are weird. And I had to keep asking doctors that I was like, all right, like, did I do this? Is it my bad? This is because I used to do this. They're like, no, it's literally like random. And you're just going to have to sit with that forever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah, all right, yeah, no, it's not your fault. Got to go. Um, yeah. This has nothing to do with all the cocaine you did. It's just a, one of those fluke things. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that is hard to hear, I think, because you want to, I mean, I think once something like that happens to you, of course, the the goal now is to, so it never happens again. You know, you, you want to prevent it from ever happening again. But the right. doctor is basically telling you, like, that's not how this works. You know what I mean? Like you. Well, mm. Right. You know, and that was the, I asked, that was first first question was I was like, is this ever going to happen to me again? And they were like, well, no. There's a, like, let's put it this way: there was a two percent chance of it ever happening f- the first time. So, like, 
Mm. you know, know that. But it was, I mean, it's weird because I technically still have parts of the tumor that are left in my body. So this is why I have to go get MRIs at Cedars every four months. But it's like, yeah, it's weird. It's like a weird feeling to be like, this shit just randomly happened. There's still part of it that's inside of me, even though nothing will happen, theoretically. But it's like considering that I had never thought about you just, when you're young, you don't think about health. If you're lucky, you know, most. Yeah, for sure. Don't. I mean, there's a lot of people who are sick for, since they're kids or whatever, but it's like, you know, it's, it's weird. It, it fucks with you on this like philosophical, like spiritual level. I hate yeah. to say that. I'm like, it's weird. Like life is crazy. No, I mean, that's some come to Jesus shit for, for lack of a better term. That is literally like, why is this happening to me? And also I feel like anytime you're forced. I mean, I remember this, Jason, when you broke your ankle that time and you were completely immobile and mm-hmm. not to, obviously it's two very different things, but yeah. it definitely affected your like mental state to just be like at home and kind of not being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're just forced to sit with it and think about it. And then I feel like you're just reassessing every decision you've ever made in your entire life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean? It's, it's basically oh. like being in a sensory deprivation tank for three months and you're just for, forced to deal, you know, like you're just so bored and you have nothing to do that you like try to figure your life out just f- out of sheer entertainment, hopefully. Yeah. It, it really makes you think about like, I mean. I'm going to stop the, cheating on my wife, you know, like all that <laughs> shit went in my head. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but now, and, and your, so your your dad came obviously and was like helpful, but that was like, and then you had some friends and stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, because as a you know, I'm a single woman, and I live in LA, and I had only lived there for a year. Yeah, it was really I, recent. I remember it was like you were still it, pretty new, and it was like fucking like it was my you know, it's like a single woman's worst case scenario where you get sick and you're alone and you know whatever. But I, the thing that's really like heartwarming, and it's like it can really make me emotional sometimes, is just like the idea that you all these people came together and helped me out in a way that I like never thought would happen. Like I was like, Oh, I just like have acquaintances. I don't really have, I have some close friends, but my family's on the East coast. And like, I mean, this infrastructure kicked in place that I had never expected. Like my coworkers and like my neighbors and like friends, like you came over, like people who like, and that was really like incredible. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm just going to be through this alone. And yeah. but really like my parent my dad came to live with me for six weeks he like slept on my couch you know i was like no that's "Mm." some wild shit like that's some wild shit your dad doesn't really strike me as like an la kind of guy maybe he was by the time he left (laughs) (laughs) he's at running every morning now (laughs) he's at running he's got a screenplay he's like he's moving in (laughs) this guy have you guys tried this sugar fish it's freaking delicious (laughs) (laughs) he went on like nice sweatpants when he moved. <laughs> well, Millie, I, I think that I think I think I I don't know you very well at all, but I you strike me really as one of those types of people who, when something does happen to somebody, you're one of the people to kind of pull together and help and organize it all. So when somebody like you, you know, falls ill or sick or needs help, all the people around you will really just kind of pull together in a, in a real yeah. surprising way of like, damn, I feel. I just feel loved, which is a weird thing to feel sometimes. 
Yeah, I mean, when you're an independent person, I mean, you have this, like, not maybe it's an unconscious tendency, but it's this thing where you're like, I'm good. Like, I got it. I'm Mm -hmm. that person. All I need is Jesus. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm always like, there's two people on the Ikea furniture drawing, and I'm like, fuck that other person. I'll just (laughs) do this shit. (laughs) Damn, single girl swag. (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of the queen. So I was like, yo. (laughs) Got this shit. And then, yeah, when it's like you are forced to literally, like, you can't even walk. You're help- step- completely helpless. Totally. I mean, it was a lot. Because, you know, I, you just, like I said, like, you have this fear of asking because you're like, well, and then now everybody thinks I'm this person that's got it, so they're not going to help. Mm. But it really, people really come in. Uh, and if you're a good person, you know, you got an infrastructure all the time that you don't even know you have until, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I, you were also, I feel like you were really into your exercise shit. Have you been able to get back? Like, I, I know that was, we talked about it a lot. You were like, yeah, I, this is making me fucking insane that I can't do this. Cause I think it <laughs> seems like to me, you realized that the exercise, like the mental part of it was so important too. It's rough. I mean, I'll tell you, it's like. I'm not back. I'm still not back to a hundred percent. Cause the whole thing is, you know, when you have like, I had what they called an exploratory laparotomy, which basically is means they just cut you down the middle, you know? Mm. So I had this whole open wound surgery that I had to heal from. So, I mean, I remember being in the, the surgical, um, you know, clinic afterwards being like, so when can I go back to Soul Cycle? And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like, Bitch, your whole no. shit is wide open right now. You can't. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you have sepsis, like when you're, when you're, when you have sepsis, like you go through so much, like there's antibiotics like pumping through my body that they were like, you're going to, it's going to take you six months to even get your energy back, period. And so when I started, you know, I started healing, I was asking the doctors like, okay, like when can I go back to like exercise? And they're like, well, you're definitely not going to be able to lift weights. Um, You might be able to do some like bicycling, but you can't do anything that's going to like, you know, core work there's no core work. No, nothing nothing explosive for you just some, some <laughs> yeah, mild yeah. cardio training yeah and you have and it was a, dude it's a disappointment i mean it's mm. like you know you've worked up to a certain level of fitness when you do it for a while that when you're like literally can't do shit and mm-hmm. you have to start over again i mean that was a fucking bummer i mean it's still a bummer you know because i'm like you know, there was, I was working out like three or four days a week and like, you know, I had a personal trainer and I was doing all this stuff. And then it was like, oh, yeah, now I'm a baby again. I got to start over with like baby weights and, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you're still not 100%, but you can do you can do stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm 100% in terms of health. Like oh, I see. Good, okay, okay, okay. But it's like building up the energy and you know, going back to the routine, it takes forever. I mean, it's like athletes when they, I'm not an athlete, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Millie, no, everybody on this podcast is a fucking athlete. Okay. <laughs> that's how, that's Thank how we you. approach it. It's a mentality. It's how we approach life. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a mama you know, mentality. Yeah. yeah. It's a mama mentality podcast. Yeah. It's really like, it's tough though. It's like, you got to go start over again and and do the whole thing. And then COVID happened, which is like, you know, that's fucking you up your berries, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Wait, you still, so wait, are you doing, you're not in the gym again. You're no, I have a trainer here that we, we go outside to a park and then okay. I'm, play, I'm playing tennis and running. It's actually been great. I don't miss the gym at all, to be honest, but I, I don't, I mean, I just wonder what the future looks like. I'll, I'll, be, I'll go back to a gym, of course, because like I'm an idiot and will like jump the gun if it's offered to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Chris is what but, we call a super spreader in the industry. I'm not a super <laughs> spreader, Jason. And that has nothing to do with like a thigh fitness move. That is purely virus based. <laughs> Viral based, yeah. But I don't know. I wonder what the future of it looks like because I think that people. There's two lines of thought with all this stuff, with like live music too. It's like people are never going to go back. And the other side is people are dying to go back. In my, you know what I mean? There's both factions, I think, in, in with both of those things. Yeah, with they're movies. called Republicans and Democrats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like if they tell me I can go to a gym and it's like legal and I do what I'm supposed to do, I'll go. Same thing with like a show. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. like, okay, we've kind of figured this out. I don't need to be the first person in there. But like, how how do we not like try to go back to some sort of normalcy if it's deemed you know acceptable? If, if the Goo Goo Dolls are ready to play, Chris is ready to be there, be yeah. there front row. Yeah, I'll see if Resnick texts me and said we're playing tonight at the Troubadour. You know what I mean? I'm I'm going down. Well, <laughs> I saw Jason. I saw this article with you a while ago where you had built like a home gym in your yard. Oh, it looked you. like really don't get, don't gas him up, Millie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and it was interesting because it was like, I mean, I had a couple of things at home, but my big thing is that I, I just don't have the discipline to be at home and, and do like a real hardcore workout schedule because I just fuck around. I mean, I need the structure of like mm-hmm. a group fitness, of a destination, of like sure. a train. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. Like I was like looking at your home gym going, shit, I should do some shit like that, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people are the same exact, like my my girlfriend and I, we live together and she's the same exact way. Like it has to be a group type of class for her to really get that motivation and drive and, and like the competitive spirit going on. And for me, like, I don't, I don't know. I like, I, I, I use it more as like a way to get away from people than to be around yeah. people. Like I get annoyed when I'm working out at the gym and I have to wait for a machine or there's like too many people around or an annoying bro. And I just focus and fixate on them the whole time. And it ruins my day. Also, when you're it. working out solo, you can be butt ass naked. You could wear <laughs> ugly ass clothes. It doesn't matter. I would never do that because I take fitness seriously and it's a pro bureau pro attitude situation. But, you know, this cat, Millie, this Cali heat is something I am not used to. Yesterday, I thought they were going to take me off the tennis court in a fucking wheelchair. Like I was... <laughs> I was like, it's it's so fucking hot that like the outside stuff, I feel like I'm getting acclimated to it, but it's still like a very different way to approach it. It's, it's oh, so different. Where, but do you, I'm, where do you play tennis at? I, I Do you play over like on like a certain court? In we play in Glendale near Jason's. Um, oh, cool. A few different places, but that's the place I've been playing a lot, which I like. It's pretty quiet. But you yeah. know, the tennis court adds ten degrees. That that steaming hot concrete. Oh, you know she's I mean? sizzling, honey. She's literally sizzling. We could have cooked an egg yesterday. We're still trying to get Chris out of that that shirt, though. It's so wet and soggy, but he <laughs> he he just continues to leave it on. The only time I'm shirtless is on this podcast when I'm at home. Yeah, he um, has no. I never even thought about that. No problem at all. Podcasting shirtless. Well, I just but, I don't know, outside hundred degree heat, blistering sun, 
sweat <laughs> like a whore in church and and the uh, and the, the polo sport tee stays on. <laughs> Jason, think about it though. You know, a professional tennis player, you know, they're not allowed to take their shirt off. So I'm approaching it like a professional is, is how I look at it. That's a, I can't argue with that logic. That makes a lot of sense. How, that's how I, that's how I look at it because it's a mental it's yeah, you so took, mental. When you picked up that first racket, you took an oath, my brother. Exactly, 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 exactly. Stick, stick to the G code of, of, the, of our nation's tennis courts. I stick to the G code. Well, uh, Millie, I want to talk to you since you know Chris from way, way back. Um, you know, I think a lot of listeners would like to maybe hear some of his origin stories. Because, you know, the, the monster that he is nowadays is such a larger-than-life, um, you know... Creature that we're just fascinated to know how how he got to where he is now. I mean, I I will tell you the first time I remember meeting you, mm-hmm. I had I mean, obviously it was the thing where I had heard about you before I actually met. <laughs> you. Oh, great! His reputation uh, precedes him. Yeah, well, you know, just in the like. So where was re- Taking Back Sunday playing? Was it like a smaller <laughs> venue, or how does it work? Millie would never go see Taking Back Sunday. She's way, way cooler than that. That's Damn right. <laughs> I, uh, I was working, I was at Criminal Records when I was working at Criminal Records and you came in with a girl uh, with mm. like short hair, short, dark hair. It was like you and a girl. Mm. Um, and y'all were both, y'all had tattoos and like you had a Smith shirt on. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and, uh, I remember you guys bought records and I rung you up and I was like, oh, it's that dude. It's that dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's that dude. He's buying, wait, three Ryan Adams CDs at one time. Okay, so so he had like a, like why, why did he have this kind of infamous reputation or why was he known just, you know, what was he doing that was making him, you know, cause these waves through the scene <laughs> of ATL? God well, damn it. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you. So when I was in high school, like, first of all, because I went to high school up in Marietta, which is north of the city. And, mm-hmm. like, there was this, like, crew of hardcore kids that went to my high school that were so mean. <laughs> and they were, they were fucking so mean to me and my friends. Like, especially me, though. I don't know why. They were just mean to me. Well, what, was, they, what was your group that you were with? Like, were you guys the, the nerds, the jocks, the goths? I mean, it was, like... My, my, I was like the refuge table, like all the people that. (laughs) The refugee table? (laughs) It was like, I was, I basically hung out with like goth kids Uh and punk kids. So it was like, there was like a whole crew of like skater guys that were into like no effects and Pennywise Mm -hmm. and all that shit. Mm -hmm. They were actually like cool and popular. I was like below that shit, like the real <laughs> losers. Like, so you were you were kind of a spaz, perhaps. <laughs> I, think I, just, I think I was just loud and annoying and extra, maybe. What, I mean, what music were you identifying with in high school? Big, big Smiths, Morrissey. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I did a little alternative shit. Like I was into like Stone Temple Pilots and Smashing Pumpkins and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But it was really like, yeah. I mean, it was basically like classic college radio shit. REM, mm-hmm. Smith, like you know. You're but a cool to... alternative chick. Yeah, I okay. try. Well, even though I look terrible, I look at pictures. <laughs> like, like I, man, I, I, I like really. But it was like I I was kind of friends with everybody, it, but they were uncool. Like that's what I want to say. Like <laughs> it was oh. uncool. It wasn't like I was hanging out with anybody else. But King of the uh, losers. Got it. 
And then, uh, yeah, but there was a group of guys who were really into Earth Crisis and uh, Mm -hmm. some other shit that they used to fucking, they used to make fun of me and my friends. So cut to no one about Chris Black, (laughs) know that he was a a hardcore kid. There was a moment where I was like, oh man, I bet you he's one of those mean hardcore kids. (laughs) Mm He used to fuck with me and my friends. But when you came in wearing that Smith shirt and you were nice to me, I was like, all right. I. I'm a, just a sweetheart. I'm a nice guy. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, I think hardcore has gotten a bad rap. You know what I mean? For, but there are there were a lot of mean suburban white guys in that world, you know? I think I think we, we learned with Chris Black, he was the first person in your life where somebody said, get you a man who could do both, and you did. <laughs> I, can, I, can also, I can like but songs I like give- about um, lighting fur farms on fire. <laughs> and also about like writing your name onto a letter and sending it to a loved one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Millie, Criminal Records at the time was like, it was very cool to work there. You know what I mean? It was like a hard job to get. It's like a classic John Hughes style. Right. Like, like getting hired at Soho at- House or something like that. It, it, it ain't yes. for everyone, sweetie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Criminal Records specifically was the one. But I feel like everybody there was pretty friendly. It, it, I never got vibed out there. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit more, I mean, versus like somewhere like Wax and Facts, which was real vinyl head, like real, like real music heads only type of thing. Criminal was a little bit more like the town's cool record store. So it was a little bit more. Well, the problem is you guys had comic books. So I think that opens you up to a whole world of dorks. I'm out. Yeah, totally, totally. And I didn't work there that long. I mean, I only worked there for like less than a year. But, you know, when I was working there, I was definitely like, oh shit, I fucking... Hit the big time, baby. <laughs> so so you met Chris for the first time at the record store, and then you know you would just kind of see him around after a while, and you guys became chummy. Is that what happened? Pretty much. Like, because then you, you, you put on my Lenny's thing when I was a DJ. You were kind of like... I, I was think- a... A light promoter, you know what I would say? I, not not like Jason, legendary promoter, my co-host. Thank yeah. you. Just a little light, just a little light hosting. You know what I mean, I would say? Light hosting? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No light hosting. Light hosting <laughs> means like you you have a new place to do coke at? What is, it, what is light hosting for you? I mean, yeah, kind of. I mean, it was like a... It was the shittiest club I've ever been. That place was a fucking dump. It was called Lenny's. It was actually disgusting. And yeah, I did do a lot of coke there. I think it had like trough toilets. Trough toilets. Ooh. It was real. Because I worked there. It, you, it was right around the time that it was, it used to be Dottie's. And then it changed names to Lenny's. Because I worked there when it was Dottie's, which was even worse. Millie, Jason, Millie was DJing where you were still fucking, you know, getting burritos in huntington beach bro i was i was still uh, an embryonic turntablist <laughs> exactly yes millie's been djing since 1995 yeah i was really it's, damn and, you know like it was such a it was a shithole but then like when they start when they changed it over to lenny's that's when they started like bringing in cool people to you know kind of hang out and dj there and at Mm -hmm. that time i think i just remember you from you know going out like i just remember seeing you out with like your bros and uh, nightlife fixtures chris was chris was a scene star (laughs) and you know it was so lenny's was a lot of like (laughs) a lot of like coke a lot of like painkillers for sure uh 
So, so it was Damn. a Chris, Chris Black kind of place, is what you're saying? It actually, it was substance-wise a Chris Black kind of place. Visually, not a Chris Black kind of place. No, definitely not a high design, but it was uh, lots of lots of good drugs. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun, it was fun. But you DJ'd. I mean, you DJ'd a lot, and you did that gay party for years too, right? Yeah, I mean, I did Lenny's for a while, and then I was trying to, you know, it was the kind of thing where I'd be DJing with other DJs who are primarily dudes, mm. and you know, it was this vibe where I was like going in, they they would go, oh, hey, come and DJ this thing with me at MJQ. And then they put me on at like 930 mm-hmm. when there's like no one there. And I was just like, this fucking sucks. And then I, it wasn't until I started DJing at Mary's that it was really like, you know, that's when I had my own night. That's when I was able to create my own parties. Like, you know, like all these other straight ass clubs with all these dudes <laughs> were like not letting <laughs> do anything so i was like well i guess i gotta go to the gay bar and you know do so my own thing times really have changed because back then yeah. it really was you know quite difficult for female djs or i guess female you know any type of the performing arts much much more difficult than it is nowadays and it, nowadays it still is quite difficult but it was really D- fucked up back then but also the thing about you DJing to me was always like you had a real job like a, for a long time. Like you had like a career and would yeah. still do it. And I was like, damn, she really loves this shit. But I guess music, I mean, because you do the radio thing too. I guess it's like you do it for so long. It's like muscle memory at a certain point. It's like I yeah. just do this even though I – because you would DJ like till like the close and then get up and go to work the next day. Oh, shit. Yeah, the first the first like three or four years that I worked damn, you're at – making tur- me look bad. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it was the first three, like the first three or four years that I worked at TCM, like, I mean, it was rough. Like I had, I got a talking to a few times by my boss. He was like, like you, you came in here, you smell like fucking cigarettes and booze and like, you mm. look like shit. And like, you gotta like, you know, at some point you have to do this better. Like you have to manage your time. Yeah. And so after that's when I quit basically after a couple of years. <laughs> Fuck you, stay- dad. <laughs> i mean let's let's talk about your job because i think it's I, I don't know if people know what it is sure you know what i mean but it's basically djing for a tv for, for a tv station damn when you put it that way i finally understand it chris pretty much yeah it's uh it's that it's basically that i mean it's really like so basically i work at turner classic movies which is a you know cable channel and i play i put the movies on so it's like (laughs) exactly what you said but um but there's this is the part that i didn't fully understand uh that you've explained to me before but like there's a lot of like contractual chasing that goes on to get the rights to play these movies because a lot of the stuff that you're playing to to be clear is like kind of niche indie weird hard to find it's it's not a studio blockbuster we're talking about yeah i mean i think well, obviously, like we play older films, right? So a lot of that is so you're not really going to see anything that's made in the last ten years or so. I would say, mm-hmm. um, and then when it comes to that, you know, we have like a library that Warner Brothers owns, essentially, of films, and it's like, you know, based on these like classic Hollywood studio contracts. So, you know, they, it, but it's like stuff like Casablanca, Citizen Kane, Singing in the Rain, all the classic Mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. So we have that library, but then we want to go out and find other things to play as well. So that's when you do like 
you know, contracts and you have to do the legwork of like tracking down who owns films and who has the rights to stuff. And it's a little like music too. If you want to, you know, if you want to go out and find like records that you haven't, you know, and you want to put them on your reissue label or something like that. You have to work of like figuring that out. So have you been watching, like, have you been watching all this stuff during quarantine or are you feeling burned out? Yeah, I, you know, I gotta tell you, like, I just, I watched so many movies on my normal hours that when quarantine hit, I was like, nah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I was like, nah. All you, these people- you reached the end of movies. No, uh-huh. no more movies left. Truly. And like all these people on Twitter were like, you know, film Twitter. I don't know if you guys fuck with film Twitter. If you don't, I totally understand. But um, <laughs> it's real nerdy. <laughs> but uh, film Twitter is like, oh, here's like, you know, I'm going to post all my recommendations from all the streaming services for quarantine. And I was like, nah, I don't want to watch anything. I like, I'm really into the TV. Like pretty much, it was pretty much like quarantine happened. No films, nothing of, of substance. Vanderpump rules. Mm. Not even, that's all I want to watch. 90 Day Fiance is the wildest shit on television. It is fucking awesome. <laughs> all, I the, all the franchises, all of them. It's so. it's. I feel like it's revived TLC as like a business. They have so many different versions of it now. It's like a 365 uh, show. Like they have all these spinoffs. Fucking like they, they're doing the most with that shit. It's I mean, also kind of one of those things, and I'm sure Jason hasn't watched it, but it's it's one of those things that's like you kind of don't you can kind of pick up anywhere and watch it, and it's fucked up and good, and you can and you don't need to know ever, evergreen content, much like selling it's, sunset. It, yeah, it's like selling sunset in that way, where it's like you right. you can literally pick it up and watch it, and just be like, this was wild, and then watch it again three weeks later. You don't need to really follow the storyline. It's not that important. And I, and I tell people too, so if like my, both of my parents are immigrants and like, if you have immigration in your family at all, like if you date an immigrant, if your parents are immigrants or something, mm-hmm. this is your show. Like, because that's, that's all it's about. I've dated immig- some Im- immigrants. Continue. God damn it. <laughs> Which, God you know, damn it. But it's like, it's, if it's in your wheelhouse to like be interested in people who are trying to come to America or, or immigrate out of America, then mm-hmm. it's a Dan, that's a good point, actually, because you're right. That's like kind of the hardest part of the show. It's like I'm moving from Uzbekistan to Dallas. Right. <laughs> and, and it's going to be a shock. You know so 90 I mean? Day Fiance, it's, it's immigration porn is what we're saying. Basically. Pretty much. For the real I mean, heads. And, you know, you've got like, you know, a big thing is like um, you sort of see a lot of, uh, old, let's say, older gentlemen, older women. <laughs> America who are uh, going to, you know, the Ukraine and uh, mm-hmm. Russia, like, and then you see other guys, there's like very specific, you learn about the very specific dating websites for certain countries. Like there's like guys that only want to date Colombian women or only want to date, you mm-hmm. know, Ukrainian women. So it's like real fascinating. I mean, it's just, it's the best. I mean, it's, it's also fully, I think it's in the same vein is like the bravo stuff it's like fully crossed over into like pop culture like getting analyzed by like great minds you know you know <laughs> what i mean my favorite thing is when trash tv crosses over into the new yorker ten thousand words story about why we all like it so much and oh, it's yeah. like thanks to I our friend nomi fry 
Yeah, that's basically yeah. Nomi's beat. But I mean, I do think that stuff is like, I just relate so much. Like I can't, I've always loved TV like that. But I think so of you, I mean, I know you were a real world head too, so. Oh, know. yeah. Well, Van- Vanderpump, I think, definitely got to that point. I think that the Vanderpump thing is completely fascinating to me. I mean, I think it's a, basically a bunch of, there's. I feel like there's a bunch of smart people that watch it who would know people like that from high school and are just curious on how the other side lives because it's just yeah. how, that's how I see it where I'm like man it's like imagine like this group of popular people from my high school who are still friends and they all married each other and they live five minutes from each other and it's just sort of like holy shit that's what Vanderpump is so I think it's over like I feel like it's it's a, it's gone too far like probably two seasons too long you know what oh. I mean I agree. Like once to me, it immediately stopped getting interesting when they all were like, we have a pact to all be boring, married people in the Valley. Like I was just kind of like, all right, like this is enough. Like, you know, sometimes the pump grows up guys. I know, but it's, (laughs) it's bad for business. Like I think in all the like scandal that's happened and stuff is like, not even that, like it's just not that interesting anymore, you know, but stuff like that has to run its course. Like that can't last forever. No, because at a certain point, yeah, maybe you do get tired of seeing like 37, 38 year olds, like, you know, going all like all these weird places in West Hollywood being like, okay. like I love that you're a West Hollywood resident because I'm a West Hollywood guy myself. I I actually am moving from there. Where to, fam? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Like, I, I my shit is in Van Nuys right now. Um, mm. I packed it up before I left. And so when I come back to LA, I'm going to be in the market for a new a new apartment. We so think Jay- Mal- what's what's our dream goal neighborhoods? Let's let's will them into existence, put it into the universe. Well, that's interesting to me too because maybe you know more about this. Well, you've lived there for a long time, Jason. Like mm-hmm. I'm, like I'm honestly, a boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> when I moved to West Hollywood, I was definitely like, yeah, this is my like starter apartment in my new town if it's like living in midtown atlanta it's just sort of like in the middle of everything i'm a youtuber this is where i should be yeah yeah and, and it, it, it became you know clear after a while i was like all right maybe i need to be somewhere else mm-hmm. i mean also like in my 40s so i'm also like how do i navigate that in LA. So, like, but you also like being, you know, in the proximity of an Erewhon, for example, right? You like some of the amenities still. Certainly. Like, there's some, I like, yeah, I would say, yeah, I like that part of it. And you're not a suburb. I mean, you, you, you could go as far as, as Pasadena, maybe, Max. Maybe. Like, I, I can definitely fuck with like maybe Highland Park. Or mm. Eagle Rock. But what about you? Have to go to Burbank, correct? Yeah, that's where the, my office. That's is. that's Jason's favorite. All right, sweetie, you're coming to Glendale. It's yeah, done. Jason's it's done and done. Jason is a Glendale resident. He'll sell you on it all day. I've I visit the Burbank Whole Foods multiple times a week. That one that's on uh, Olive or Bur- uh, Barham is that the new one? You, you bet your ass, sister. That is my <laughs> shit. That is my shit. Mm-hmm. I, before quarantine, I went there for lunch, like because I work across the street on the Warner, Warner Brothers line. Oh, so okay. I, this is the nicest fucking Whole Foods ever. Mm-hmm. Like the one in West Hollywood, the one that's on Fairfax is a fucking dump. Oh. Hey, like, hey, hey, hey! It is chill, a dump. Chill. Uh, chill, also chill. an outdoor parking so when lot. You see the Burbank one. You're like, that's a fucking shithole. Like it's so clean and nice <laughs> and totally awesome. I, and yeah. I was like. 
Oh my God. I would love, and they have that REI that's out in um, Empire Center in Burbank. Mm. Burbank still. I kind of like it. Burbank like, used to be like the worst, you know, zero culture, suburban, dumbass part of LA. And it kind of quiet. I mean, a lot of people that live there are shitty and stupid. It's it's where like the the industry dorks live, like like the set designers that like have like too many like Ren and Stimpy toys in their house and stuff like that. <laughs> and they and, and like everyone who dreams of starting like a vintage, you know, sewing machine <laughs> store or something. That's where Burbank is, but it's yeah. it's been taken over by like industry dweebs and like you know people that work at all the studios but aren't cool, but they did a good yeah. job with it. I, I stay in Burbank now. I could, see you in, I could see you in Glendale, though. I was spending a lot of time out there. It's, it's really fucking nice. Like, like it, it feels good out there is what I'm trying to say. Like, overall, like, you could, it's just, the streets are wide. Millie, why don't you green. just come on home now? Come on home <laughs> to Glendale. <laughs> Listen, I live I, – I do not – I love that kind of shit. I like that was the thing when I lived in Atlanta. I lived in Decatur, which is kind of what I think. I mean, I don't yeah. know if mm-hmm. Decatur necessarily, but it's like it's. I don't need to be in the middle of shit the way that I need I needed to before. So I, yeah. I, I will fuck with Glenn. Just be nope. fifteen minutes away from the shit in exchange for being able to have a nice glass of sweet tea on the porch. <laughs> fuck that! I'm I'm in the mix. I want to be as in, in the mix as possible. You two losers are old. <laughs> where would you live chris if you lived in la like what neighborhood i want to be in the mix honestly i would probably live in los Feliz or west Ho- i i like west hollywood like i think it's cool yeah it, it's not yeah. cool it is so not cool it is the Times square of la jason uh, again your suburban spanish style home is beautiful but it's different strokes for different folks baby so you want you want a WeHo McMansion next to Alfred Coffee? <laughs> Good God Almighty! I want to be able to walk to the Isabel Morant store on Melrose Place. No, I just um, I mean that that is cool. I get that. I just I just think it. I just like it. I can't explain it. It's like central, and I don't think I think it's more of the Union Square of of LA, not Times okay. Square. Okay, well, fair. but you're talking about the part down by the Beverly Center, well, close to the Beverly Center, because I live. My West Hollywood was in between Fairfax and La Brea, so I lived in the Russian part. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little not as nice. You lived you in the bakery were- district. Yeah. Lots of great yeah. sweet treats down there, thanks to our friends from the uh, Far East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to live closer to, like, um, fucking, what's that? You want to live, like, off, like, near the, the Boys Town-ish part, sort of. like. <clears throat> yes. I mean... I would live in a lot of places over yeah. there. I, I just I think if you can find a crazy old like apartment, I, I just think there's really beautiful stuff that kind of gets overlooked because the neighborhood is considered is. bad, bad, you know, for lack of a better term. I think WeHo really has been gentrified for the worst. You know, people talk about Highland Park and and East LA being gentrified, but West Hollywood used to be like a place where every gay person could live and be free and it was their neighborhood and it's really just been taken over by influencers and that that's what bums me out. Yeah. Highland Park, Millie, I hate it. I hate it. Really? It's, it's just too like faux indie and it needs like 10 more years. Yeah. It feels far away. I mean, that's the only thing. Like, yeah. Wow. I feel far away, but, and it's like off the 110. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. That's the tiny freeway. 
That's the working yeah. man's highway. It's true. It seems like it's from another era. That's for damn sure. Like, wow. It, it, it literally was built when cars could not go that fast. That's why the, the roads are really? kind of curved a little aggressively and the lanes are smaller. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. That makes a lot of sense. I've spent a lot of time on the 110. Yeah, I can tell you more about California's gold whenever you guys are ready. <laughs> you got to you got to start that up again. When are you so are you you have no plan to come back right now? It's just you're going to ride it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm definitely here until the end of the year just cuz Oh, wow, okay. Did you get a good that- room at the Standard or what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm right now. I'm I'm in a friend's uh, a friend's parents' house, mm. waiting to go and see my family. So I'm kind of here for a week, and then I'm just going to be hanging out with my family for a while. And then once I hear back about bummer. what work is going to do, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my nephews and stuff. But it's like um, once I hear what's going to happen with like our office, then I'll figure out. Whereas, you know, because if they say to us, everyone's working from home forever, like we're not going to pay for commercial real estate anymore. Let's just all mm-hmm. work from home. Then I will. I don't know. I get to live anywhere I want, really. But yeah. how but how I, has COVID affected, you know, watching, you know, I guess like just your ratings and, and you know, the, the desire and demand for watching these classic ooh. films? I mean, business is tight, man. Like, like if you own a like a TV network or some kind of streaming service. Mm-hmm. It's like, which I whatever. do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, if you own TJ, a TV network, T- life is good right now. TJ TV available wherever you stream. So, so business is booming. You say, Oh yeah, I would say, I mean, it's like, I know a lot of people that aren't working and that sucks, but I think my corner of it is you know, fine. It's kind of interesting because, you know, in, in the world of, of streaming and, and networks, everyone is just so concerned with like, what is, you know, we need more content, more content, what, you know, who's making it, who's got it, blah, blah, blah. And you guys just have, you know, all the content that you guys are going to, to share it has already been created. Right. So if you, so it's a little different to say if you're in, if you were doing production right now. Mm-hmm. Like that would kind of. But I mean, like no, you're like Netflix is is you know taking dozens of meetings every week with new ideas for shows and movies and they're green lighting projects and all that stuff. And you guys Mm -hmm. are just like, here's an old movie that's sick. Um, let's just put it up. Yeah, that sounds pretty easy and fun. Ideal, actually. Yeah, it is. I mean, weirdly enough, I mean, it's like it would. If I owned a movie theater right now, if I was doing theatrical that kind of shit, I'd Mm -hmm. be like freaked out but we're good so you know do you miss going to the movies i know you were a pretty big movie head theater it's so funny because i sort of do but i also don't like i'm like it's all right like i mean i'm not it's not that kind of thing where i'm like i'm really looking forward to going back to the arc light just to sit in there you know it's just sort of yeah, like yeah. doing a don't i mean i'm 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 actually really good at like entertaining myself during COVID. Like, I'm like, I'm not having a problem right now. I know there's people out there that are like, mm-hmm. I'm freaking out. I'm so bored. I'm on my best self. Suicidal and stuff. Yeah. Are you talking about me to my face, guys? Because I'm Maybe. right here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right you know, here. I I can make popcorn at home that tastes just as good as Arclight. I don't need that bullshit. And my, my driveway has free validation for my parking. That's <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Spoken right. like a true L.A. asshole. <laughs> 
No one talks about parking validation except LA residents. That's for fucking sure. Billy, what what is what is your movie theater um, snack snack vibe? What are we what are we copying at the concession stand? Um, I like to do the thing where you take like some popcorn and then you throw some peanut M and M's in. She's a mixer. Yeah, that's That's my thing. That's cool. That's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah, there's nothing to hate on that. That's that's, that's fire and ice where I'm from. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't say Twizzlers or something fucked up. Oh no, I'm like I like to do a tr- like try to create my own little trail mixy type of scenario. So that's my. You've been cooking. I've been seeing some. You've been doing some baking during the the quarantine. Oh God, just like <laughs> the. I just love. I'm sorry. I like cooking now. <laughs> you didn't like it. You you didn't like it before. Oh no, I did. But I really you really refined, come into your own. Yeah, like I really spent some real hours with it. Now, what you know what, what, are, I mean? what are we tackling lately? What's our what is our wheelhouse in the in the kitchen? Well, I mean, it's like I I do a lot of like I love like a minestrone type of thing. So anything that has like beans and um, tomatoes and stuff like, I like cooking like hearty stew type stuff. Um, So perfect for uh, a summertime in Cali type of vibe. (laughs) Exactly. Bowl of hot minestrone soup. (laughs) Soup. Um, Good God. Continue. I keep the oven on, which is so dumb. (laughs) But I like a summer salad, though, okay. like any kind of summer salad. So mm-hmm. I like stuff. like things like dishes that have like lots of layers of like vegetables or beans and like component wise. But baking oh. is fun. I mean, I was never really good at baking until quarantine. That's and tough. now I get it. Like, what, were, what were you doing? Cookies, cakes, pies, bread, like. I mean, listen, I I downloaded the New York Times cooking app and just looked up ingredients. I was like getting my CSA box going, oh, I have like rhubarb. Let me fucking see what I can make with this. And it was always like some kind of cake or, you know, whatever, like streusel or whatever. So it's that kind of thing. I'm like, try it, you know. How many galettes can I eat in one week? You know what I mean? That sounds pretty good. I like a rhubarb flavor in my in my baked good. I'm not mad at that. I will say I I'm a fruit dessert person, which is really weird because I used to be like a chocolate like as a kid. I was always like a chocolate vanilla, mm. but now I'm like fruit all day. Good to see I'm you like, maturing with your you know as you as you're aging. You know we're I'm, we're in the middle of Georgia peach season. You guys know that, don't you? I, right. I, uh, I'm not a big peach guy, Jason, as you know. Which is just You're- wrong. Mm. Don't like it. What kind of fruit are are you like a tropical or I'm a berry berry guy. Um all all the I'm I'm a member of the berry family. Um I like <laughs> oranges a lot. Bananas are a nice on the go, you know, potassium hit. I didn't know um, you were an orange stan. It's too much work, but I love them. Mm. Well they're good. They're good for you. Like I know that like Fruit wise for caloric intake, berries are better than like bananas and shit. So. But the sugar is high. Yeah. You know, we just can't win, Millie. If it tastes good, it's bad for you. That's basically the rule. Can't win. That's my I, rule. I don't I don't really think uh eating some berries is bad for for you guys. We'll be uh, we'll, we'll be quite Jason, all right. Jason all I'll ever see you eat is cigarettes, so explain that one to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still looking good, bitch. That's true. All right, that's true. I'm gonna um, die soon. Looking good. Well, 
I, you know, I want to leave a good-looking corpse, Jason. You know how I feel. I uh, <laughs> Millie, thank you for joining us. This is a real pleasure to catch up. Uh, thanks for having me. I was like, damn, they are asking me to do it. Y'all do three podcasts a week? Is that what I hear? That's right. That's true. That's right. Damn. Yeah, that is intense. We need you back in the podcasting world. I think you should figure something out, you know? Well, I'm not going to say anything now, uh-uh. but... Exclusive. I'm going to be doing a podcast pretty soon. Great. So more on that later, but I, uh, I'm like really glad you guys asked me cause I'm like, all right, they got like 27, 30 guests and I'm not on it yet. Try okay. 60, sweetie. <laughs> Try 60. Yeah. Like oh, you're not 60 guests. Oh, damn. we've had no, maybe not probably like 50. Cause we do episodes where it's just me and Jason. Um, oh, that's a good point. But yeah, I mean, I think that the, the pace that we have created for ourselves is weirdly fine. Like we've kind of just locked into it and it's like what we do. Um, but it sounds daunting on paper. You know what I'm saying? It sounds crazy, but it's actually fine. But there are there are other podcasts that do it more frequently than we do. So we're True. we're not that we're not as severe as some other ones. No, I yeah, I think that just I think the most popular shows are once a week, so that's what we're all used to. Yeah, uh, that's I keep hearing that after after all these podcast talks that I've been in, they're like, you got to do it once a week, and I'm like, oh shit, really? Okay. Well, I just I appreciate that you know you came to us to tell us that Mark Maron's retiring and you're replacing him. So thank you for that. Ex- <laughs> thank you for that important exclusive. Um, and and um, you know I hope your lawyer doesn't get mad at you for that. Uh, tell, to- like tell everyone where they can find you online. Um. So on Twitter under my name, it's I I gotta tell you I haven't been tweeting much because I've just been like burnout on Twitter. Sorry, mm. uh, but relate. it's. Millie DeCherico, and I'm on Instagram too. I don't know. My web presence is kind of bullshit, but you know. We, on- we need you back on Twitter. It's your best medium, much like myself. But it got serious, and I don't know, man. Like, Millie, don't- trust me, it ain't serious anymore. <laughs> okay, from let me talk to you from Blue Check Hive, and we're saying we're bringing it back down to earth, baby. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> uh, all right, well, look, be safe down there. Um, Enjoy your time, and we will talk to you soon. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.